Hello, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is January 14th. You know, for foreign observers and for people who live in Japan and follow this sort of thing, the initiative of the prime minister to alter and change the constitution is one of the most worrying aspects of following Japanese politics. I would like to delve into that issue today and talk about what kind of things the prime minister is potentially thinking about when, if in fact he is able to get a two-thirds majority, he will change the Constitution. Joining me today, once again, is Michael Chuchek. Hello, Michael. Good to be back. The Prime Minister is dedicated to changing the Constitution. He's been talking about that throughout his entire career. That's something that his grandfather was talking about, too. It probably will happen, but he needs to have a two-thirds majority in order to alter the Constitution. Well, we need to say, first of all, that he already has a two-thirds majority, which is the constitutional requirement, in the House of Representatives, right. the lower house. But in the upper house, he has a simple majority with co the coalition partner, Kometo, but not a two-thirds majority. And you need two-thirds and two-thirds in order to pass some kind of proposed amendment, which is then, under the constitutional rules, passed on to a national referendum right. of the people to say, if 50% of the people who turn up at the polls say yes, then that becomes the new amendment or the new constitutional provision. As it should be, this is a big deal. I mean, this is one of the most important things that a country can go through. The Japanese constitution is perhaps unique in the world in that it has not been touched since it was promulgated at the end of World War II. I'm sure that it probably is the only one that has survived untouched in mm -hmm. any way for that length of time. The argument has been that the process that was built in by the occupation authorities of the United States. Inachievable. That Can't it's, make it. That it's something you cannot do. You cannot mm -hmm. get two-thirds majorities in both houses in any conceivable way. That there is, in the given democratic process, you're going to have less than two-thirds right. majorities in both houses. That may change mm -hmm. uh, with this new situation, which the newspapers here are calling ikkyo, one-party dominance, but it's super dominance. The, the LDP is simply way ahead of the opposition DPJ in all the polls by a, about a four-to-one margin most of the time in terms of support, so that they can start looking seriously at controlling two-thirds of the seats in both houses. Right. Now, that's, again, in coalition with the Kometo. The, the, the clean government party. But the, the Abe administration has gone a step further by talking, of course, to Hashimoto Toru and his new, his latest version of an Osaka party. Mm -hmm. Hedging his bets, isn't he? Well, he's, he, he, Abe really does have as a fundamental, at least open precept, we have to change the constitution. The constitution was not written by Japanese. Now, the original constitution, the Meiji constitution, was written based on Prussian models by Ito Hirobumi right. and others. And even the form of government was uh, imported from uh, perhaps the, the Dutch system of, of government. And there's, they, they, it had several influences. When the old constitution was promulgated, the samurai who had seized the government from the Tokugawa, right. had to justify their own existence, had to justify their relationship with the emperor, and the idea that the emperor was restored to power. And that constitution was superseded 
by one that was basically written by the occupation authorities, the, United, the Americans. That second constitution, which is not actually considered that way, it's considered just merely a rewrite, but that one irks mm -hmm. nationalists, revisionists like Mr. Abe. Before we get too far away from it, the Meiji Restoration, what an incredible time Japan went through during that time. I mean, society was completely turned upside down, and in a span of 20 years, they completely revamped society, government, politics, medicine. I mean, it was just a, a what a vibrant time. Don't you think that the prime minister now is kind of bent on, I want another revisitation to, to that age. I want to bring Japan back to the fore, and I want a constitution that is crafted by Japanese hands. That you, you hit it right on the nail right on the head here. There, there is a sense of historical destiny and a recapturing mm -hmm. of a Japanese-ness right. that, that Mr. Abe and his fellow travelers, they, they want to do this. Right. The LDP has had periods of supreme power in the past, but has it not had a prime minister who has been as hell-bent on changing the constitution as our current prime minister? Probably not, mm. though certain conservative or what are considered more conservative prime ministers, like Nakasone Yasuhiro, right. uh, have broached the subject of, of revising the constitution. And indeed, in the, the, the founding documents of the LDP right. in 1955, revising the constitution is one of their promises exactly. to their voters, right. which they've spent 60 years not delivering. Well, I guess other things have been vying for their attention, but this prime minister, he really has it as one of his hallmarks of, of his administration. Yeah, the thing is, is how sincere is he about this particular move? Mm -hmm. I've argued here on this program before that there's a real problem when you actually have the capacity, as he might, following right. the House of Counselors election. Be careful what you wish for. But be careful what you wish for. When God is trying to punish you, right. he answers your prayers. <laughs> uh, that you, he will actually have to craft. Now, you, now the, it's time to pay the piper. Yeah, you have to craft an actual amendment that will mm -hmm. pass muster with the people. And let's be, let's be real. The, 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 this is not a man who is a populist. He doesn't have a manner that sells things. Right. In fact, the more he talks about something, the fewer people like it. That's true. And right. that is a fundamental sales point regarding that this idea of reforming the Constitution that everyone has ignored. That's so different than Koizumi, isn't it? I mean, when Koizumi was in power, he would not talk that much, but he would just kind of do things with the change in the postal law. There was a big, huge deal. He didn't talk that much about it, but when he did speak about it, it did seem to influence in a positive manner. Yeah, they called it the Abe, Koizumi. they called it the Koizumi magic. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and the, the thing is about the Koizumi magic is that he would use the position of prime minister, the, the bully pulpit that he had there, and change people's opinions right. just by talking about it and more more possibly because he would commit the entire authority of the office in this change. Wasn't, Abe has just not been able to do that. Wasn't uh, the current prime minister the chief cabinet secretary in the Koizumi administration? In that last year, right. yes. But but that was after the, the postal mm -hmm. election took place. And I think that Koizumi was really, what he was trying to do was to show Abe the ropes. Right. You're, you're probably going to be the next prime minister. You better have some real seasoning, because until that time, 
Abe had not had one of the top ministerial posts. Right. He had not been foreign minister, he had not been finance minister, any of those top posts along with Meti, the, the, those three, or the chief cabinet secretary position. If you ha don't have those in your resume, you're not eligible, mm -hmm. let's face it. Right, um, just to, to shift gears a tiny bit, Speaking about the, the, the great prime ministers in, in Japanese post-war history, isn't the current prime minister now approaching probably number four or number five? He's going to surpass the great Koizumi in terms of longevity. Well, it seems like he's, he's destined to pass Koizumi because he has a six-year mandate and, and Koizumi bugged out after five. Right. But that's still a ways down the road. He's about to pass Hayato Ikeda, Ikeda Hayakuto, uh, within this diet session, he will he will rise up into the hierarchy. And yes, mm -hmm. when you're when you're as far up as he has gotten, he is now an element of the post-war historical world. And it's very strange because he doesn't have the manner right. of a leader. Right. And he's not he's not the head of the faction which he's a member. He doesn't have a really great television manner. Right, he's not that charismatic, although recently he has been a little bit more, he's just gesticulating uh, more adroitly. He's he's talking to the camera and to the audience. He, I think he's he's really starting to come to his uh, his seasoning. But he doesn't have any of that personal quality. That he's people, missing the hair. Well, it's not just the hair. I mean, he has a nice head of hair and he dyes it black. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, it's okay, but when he goes overseas, and he goes overseas a lot, mm -hmm. it's really the aura of the office of prime minister that carries him. Whereas Koizumi, when he went overseas, people wanted to see the Koizumi. Right. Here, they want to see the prime minister of Japan, who happens to be Mr. Abe, and people who are in the know know that it's Mr. Abe, but otherwise it's just, oh, the Japan PM is here. That means right. That's why we're going to have all this, this folderol and all these decorations around. Mm -hmm. But he really doesn't touch people. And that, I think, is a huge stumbling block to his eventual hopes of selling whatever mm -hmm. amendment may pass in the houses to the people. Okay, just to kind of uh, bring this into context, in spite of the difficulties of having a two-thirds majority or having a referendum or the election or maybe the double election this summer, if the prime minister has his way, in what way do you think the prime minister will uh, try to address changes to the Constitution? I think that the place that they're going to go first is the one they're talking about, which is disaster preparedness, which is mm -hmm. to have some kind of provision within the Constitution for a an emergency situation. Currently, it's done sort of on an ad hoc basis because ostensibly the Prime Minister doesn't have authority to order things around. The Cabinet does. Mm -hmm. And to bring a Cabinet together and have them under the direction of the prime minister do something is cumbersome, right? especially in a disaster uh, situation. So they're thinking about putting some kind of provision into the constitution. Now, of course, the re reaction from uh, the liberal left wing here is, oh my God, he's trying to seize emergency powers, he's trying to create martial law, right. he's, he's, he's trying to reestablish re the military dictatorship kind of provisions that existed in the pre-1945 era. No, that's not probably what he's trying to do. It certainly would be end up in a, in a very poor situation. And, but yes, he is attached to the thought that Japan 
is weak. Yeah. Don't you think, though, that the prime minister, I mean, if you, if you or I were prime minister, we would want to have control of the army, the navy, the air force. We would want to be able to project our, our power and protect our borders to the, to the best of our ability and not have to rely on some other country to provide that force. And that's the situation that Japan has now. But, I mean, maybe this is just an incremental step and maybe he'll go, I think he'll only take it as far as he thinks the voters will let him go. But I think, I mean, uh, any normal politician would say, no, I want to revise the Constitution. I want to revise Article 9. I want to be able to build and sell weapon systems, and I want to be able to scare my neighbors if I need to. Yeah, but that's Japan as a normal nation, and, and that has a long history of being discussed, whether mm -hmm. Japan is a normal nation, can be a normal nation. And the post-war era that Mr. Abe says he wants to leave, he calls it the post escaping from the post-war regime, mm -hmm. The, years, the, yeah. the current LDP is a part of that post-war right. regime, and he never talks about reforming the LDP. And that, for me, says, well, then he's not serious. Right. He's right. not serious about the whole package, because everything has to change mm -hmm. if he wants to, to do that. And, the, and that's what the opposition has basically been saying, too. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't want to have reform under you, because you don't think about reform and the way that Koizumi did. Yes. And Koizumi said, you know, I am here to smash the LDP mm -hmm. while being the leader of the LDP. Right. He could, that may seem completely contradictory, but it made sense in the, in the sense that the LDP is the part of the structure that has to come down. Well, you said a mouthful there because it is rather evident that the prime minister and the Kante is sometimes at loggerheads with the LDP, even though he is the titular head of the LDP. And at this point, we have a great deal of, of convergence. And that is an argument that the opposition will be using in the build-up to mm -hmm. the election, that there is no real internal opposition to Abe. And without internal opposition, right. that it's a runaway train. Yep. And it's it, Abe has no break in or at least on, there's no one within the party who has a break upon his actions. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a, an intensely interesting conversation, and there are a lot of moving parts. We'll stay on top of this topic and continue to feed you information and dynamics of what's going on, how the prime minister is approaching his two-thirds goal, or perhaps certain signals that we might be able to glean from pronouncements about how he might want to change the current constitution. Please stay tuned.